particularly strong with Canvas. We'd love to hear about those folks. You mean other than you two? Hey, easy. <laughs> we've not, we're not giving you that shirt, Kyle. We're, <laughs> we're trying to help people, Kyle. Come on. Uh, <laughs> I mean, really? Shameless. Once, there you go. It's episode seven of the Canvas Casters podcast, welcoming Kyle Bimefor on the show. Kyle's insights on K through 12 integration is invaluable on not only Canvas, but a number of leadership items we're confident will benefit all of you. So let's go. Kyle Bimefor, episode seven of the Canvas Casters podcast. I have the great pleasure of introducing a tech integration specialist for Zionsville Community Schools, the jack of all trades, some guy that I always go to and find really cool stuff on Twitter that he's putting together, the board member for Hoosier Education Computer Coordinators, as well as our Indiana Canvas user group. We'll say he's the lead. He helps Diana Knox with some stuff as well. Marcus and I had the pleasure of attending our very first NQ event, and it was class, 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 class at Park Tudor. Absolutely fantastic. Welcome. Welcome, Kyle Bimefor. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know what that Slow was. Clapping. Was there Slow. is there a cat? Is there a cat in here? <laughs> Sorry, that's just just me. Kyle, tell us a little bit about your background in education and kind of where you became uh, the jack of all trades in this universe of edtech. Um, well, I've been in education for quite some time. I started all the way back in 1996. Uh, started with teaching third grade uh, in Avon Community Schools, and I've uh, taught third, fourth for many years, and then moved up to sixth grade. Kind of became the go-to guy in our building a lot of times if anyone had any tech questions or uh, wanted to think of ways to use tech in the classroom, although there wasn't a whole lot of tech back then, decided, you know what, this is something I'm really passionate about. So let's do this full time. And so we had a tech integration role at Avon that came available and started doing that for a few years. And then what, about six years ago, made the move to Zionsville Community Schools where I do that full time as well. Before we get into talking about Canvas and the listeners need to know that not only is Kyle an outstanding tech integration person here in the state of Indiana, but he is my sort of my triathlon. Uh, oh, that's right. Guide. He's like my I, I don't even know what what to call him yet. But <laughs> I, and I'm sure Kyle is like, dude, you've got to stop bugging me because I will send him messages on. Well, I used to just be on Twitter, um, but now I've got a cell phone number. So I'm now I could really annoy you. <laughs> I'm constantly looking to Kyle for help uh, with triathlon training and I'm um, I, and I'm sure I'm asking the most ridiculous questions ever. Uh, you know, like, what do I do? How do I do this? What do I, what should I buy? And and he's always been really great about helping me out with that. Kyle, you did the Ironman, right? Yes, I uh, did Ironman Louisville two years ago. And then I did two thirds of Ironman Louisville this year because they canceled the swim due to blue green algae in the Ohio River. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Yeah. I, I, I was okay with that. <laughs> I mean, swimming in the Ohio River all, already is a little bit suspect. <laughs> well, you're going to be there next year, right? I know. I'm a little bit concerned about it if I'm being... <laughs> If we're being candid, like, have they taken care of the blue green algae? Yeah, exactly. But uh, I love try. One of the things I like about triathlon is the same thing I like about canvas is just the triathlon community. You can ask those questions. You're like, oh, this is going to sound like such a stupid question. And everyone's like, hey, no, ask it. And uh, we just kind of build off of one another. And uh, it's it's a great community. You'll get addicted, Marcus, once you get in it. I'm excited, but I, I do appreciate all your help. And as Eddie and I expected, Kyle coming in here as a pro segueing right into the question that I was ready to ask you. Unbelievable. 
I'm sure you heard it, but that was perfect, right? It was, uh, you know, Iron Man is just like Canvas. <laughs> I, was, I don't know even know how you make the jump, but he did it. One of us is about to get replaced, Eddie. I'm not sure. <laughs> One of us is done here. Uh, so Kyle's coming in here with the segues. Get focused here because we're, we're easily distracted. Uh, but tell us a little bit about your sort of your LMS journey, your Canvas journey. Uh, mine, of course, I've said before, has always been Canvas. What's sort of your background with learning management systems that has brought you to the point where you are right now? When I taught in Avon, um, we really didn't have an, an LMS. Um, it, we had a website. And so every teacher had their own website that was public. It, it, it was not a learning management system. And my big campus kind of came on the scene with the state for a bit. And we started dabbling in that. My big campus became no more. That was right about the exact same time that I moved to Zionsville. I got hired right after the school year ended. And so the start of June and the first thing that I was told was, um, we need you to train our entire district on Canvas. FYI, we've had three LMSs in the last three years. And so they're a little uh, Whoa. gun shy. <laughs> and so yeah. uh, I, I had uh, to quickly uh, learn myself uh, a little bit about the Canvas ecosystem and then work with uh, Carly Havlick, the two of us, uh, getting our entire district uh, trained on LMS. And I think it says a lot about Canvas and the fact that you can have, because both Carly and I were hired at the exact same time, that we got hired in June and were able to learn it ourselves to train our teachers the basics to get them started in August. How do you not have the staff just completely up in arms every time you run some of those first meetings in Canvas? Like, we, this is the third LMS we've had. And so what was your strategy on communicating the why? The question I got most often is, well, how long is this going to stick around? And, right. uh, and and so I kept on, we signed a five-year contract, so we're here for at least five years. And, and so that'll, <laughs> that alone helped them. We had our middle schools at that time were one-to-one. -one. Our high schools and our elementaries were not. Our focus really went to our middle schools, uh, starting out, getting them in there. So they were already kind of pros using an LMS. And so because just showing them Canvas from where they had come from was one of those things that they're like, okay, I, I can see this is much easier to use than the last LMS. And so they were able to kind of get that buy-in. Our elementaries and high school, because they weren't one-to-one, -one, the buy-in took a little bit longer. Uh, but once again, once you start showing them some of the features that Canvas has and the opportunities it affords them and their students doing what they already want to do in the classroom, whether it be collaboration, creating content, it was kind of an easy sell. What spoke to me about what your sort of story is that he said, you know, oh, they, they told us, here's what we're doing. And then we had to go figure it out before we went and taught, you know, our teachers in our in our buildings. Um, not only does, and Kyle made a great point, not only does that speak to the usability of Canvas and the intuitive design of Canvas, but let's be honest, Kyle, that speaks a lot uh, to, you know, your corporation's trust and belief in you and uh, the folks that you work with, because they know that you're wired a certain way. And we've talked about this before. Folks like us tend to be the people who are like, I'll just get in here and, and muddle around. I'm going to figure it out. And a lot of us have sort of that's how we've come up in Canvas is sort of just going in and snooping and figuring things out. So it's really awesome that that you were able to do that and then make it pare it down to something that was manageable for your for your teachers to start out with. What's funny is, you know, that description of just going in, muddling around, playing around and figuring 
figuring it out is exactly how our kids do it. Uh, they're not afraid of the technology. And so that helped right. as well. I mean, the kids just went in there and, oh, did you know you can do this? And so I think that helped with our students and teachers as well of saying, oh, well, just have the kids figure it out. How many times in a, in a given week do you tell students or teachers, it's fine, you're not going to break anything. <laughs> so go ahead, and, go ahead and try, you know? Yeah, exactly. We really relied on our student tech team that we kind of developed also trying to get teachers to realize that you don't have to have all the answers. And that's beyond an LMS situation it has been really a big thing. Zionsville is great about the mentality of, you know what, it's okay to make mistakes. Try something new. It's going to flop sometimes, and that's okay. Come back, learn from right. it. And it's that growth mindset and, and not feeling like, I mean, so much in education now is my evaluations and my test scores. And a lot of our teachers have that, the freedom to fail, because that's where you start seeing a lot of innovation. We don't normally interrupt the middle of an interview, but we are doing it this podcast for a few reasons. One being a slight technical difficulty, but no fear. We salvaged the rest of the episode. But first, we wanted to let you know that we have appreciated all of the follows, retweets, reviews, comments, and shares of the podcast all over social media, as well as letting you guys know how you can connect with us. So any social media platform, we can be found at CanvasCaster. So that's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can also email Email us, canvascasters at gmail.com for any show ideas as well as any people that you would like to see we interview on the podcast. Just make sure to search the Canvas Casters podcast through all of your search networks as well as your social media. We really appreciate it. Kyle, you would be someone that I would consider like an OG Canvasador. Like some of the first times I ever saw mention of Canvasador was either through you or a session you were doing at one of the conferences I was attending. Can you tell us about that program? Marcus and I are super curious. Obviously, we are not Canvasadors. I don't even know if we should say that because people will be like, what? Click? <laughs> I mean, turn, yeah. We're turning us on. Unsubscribe. Um, <laughs> we know there's been some transition with Canvas advocates and like we're super excited to hear more about that. Do you have any kind of insider information as being like an official OG Canvasador? I don't know if I have any inside information, but uh, I've been a Canvasador for a couple of years now. And uh, really, it's just a group of educators or tech integration specialists that have used Canvas, Canvas advocates, and really just like sharing uh, with others in education, kind of how we use Canvas and how it's kind of impacted uh, student learning in our in our district. They're in the process, I believe, of transitioning from Canvassadors to Canvas Advocates, but it's still the same kind of program. And typically they have a few um, Canvas users from around each state that they can kind of, uh, the high-end users that can go in and uh, kind of share the love of Canvas. Uh, I know Megan Tolan, uh, you talked with already, is a great Canvas advocate. And she really kind of what sparked me to kind of get plugged in with it as well and just seeing what she's doing at the higher ed level and seeing, okay, so how does that apply to us in K-12? Megan was a fantastic guest for us. She talked a lot about kind of the higher ed side of things. In your K through 12 development, what are some things that you've seen that have been kind of a little bit more difficult for you or challenging for you that you had to overcome? It's been an interesting role, K-12, working in an LMS that is not just K-12, but really started in higher ed and has kind of worked its way down in the K-12 world. I was fortunate enough, actually, before I was uh, part of the Canvassador program to be invited out to 
the Instructure Canvas headquarters out in Salt Lake City, Utah. It was right after our first year with Canvas, and they had what was called at the time uh, Project Khaki. And they basically <laughs> brought in some users from across. You like the name? <laughs> I love um, it. <laughs> but they brought in some users from across the United States, put us in the room there at their headquarters, gave us a, a, a nice tour of the facilities and basically said, hey, this is kind of where we're at. This is our where we want to go. And, you know, one of the big things with Canvas is the Canvas community. And uh, we want your feedback. What are the things you like? What are some things that you don't like? What are some things you would like to see happen? And basically they gave us a blank wall and a bunch of post-it notes and said, put if what you would love to see happen in an LMS, put them on these post-it notes and then put them on the wall and then uh, charged us with, okay, so we do have limited funds and we do have limited time and we do have limited resources. So what are the priorities? And it was very interesting to see with a a room full of both K-12 and higher ed, what each saw as priorities and things that, hey, you need to have this. And um, because the higher ed needs are a lot different than what I have with my kindergartners uh, at Zionsville or even our middle school that's one-to-one in our high school that's one-to-one now, but is everything is BYOD. And so it's been interesting to, for me to see uh, through their lens of what they get every day through their help desk ticket systems and their, their feature requests and things like that and help them. How do they prioritize their features? I would say some of the challenges has been, especially with our youngest learners, when you are expected to provide E-days now where some of your learners don't know the difference between the D and the B on the keyboard uh, or right. don't know how to spell Benjamin. And I had mm-hmm. a fight with a kindergartner a few years ago because he, <laughs> I, it's, it's bad that I said fight, but <laughs> I'm uh, sitting with him cut, in front of cut, a computer. Cut, cut yeah. <laughs> but in, in his mind, it was a fight. Right, <laughs> he, uh, right. he was uh, said, I can't log in. I'm like, well, what's your name? Ben Smith. And I'm like, well, I'm looking at his little tag and it's like, well, it's Benjamin Smith. And that's not my name. My name's Ben. Well, well, type Benjamin. That's not my name. Let's give it a try. He had never been called Benjamin before. And so not even when he was in the, trouble. Yeah, no, apparently not. And so <laughs> those, those are the kind of issues we have in the K-12 world that probably are not happening too much in, in higher ed. And so how do you right. uh, make that seamless for kids that can't read what's on the screen? And uh, Canvas is continuing to add uh, features, whether it be the media recording feature or uh, just came out this last week, uh, the immersive reader integration from Microsoft that'll read the screen for those kids. And uh, so it's it's great to see that they are listening to some of those struggles that we have in K-12. Now, you mentioned, Kyle, uh, Salt Lake City. You mentioned the the HQ, the mothership. Um, 
for a couple of us that long for the days that might come <laughs> where we can, you know, rub shoulders with some people with beautiful mountains in the background. Uh, can you describe what that's like? Uh, obviously, we know far as like them taking feedback and being a great company. But tell us a little like give us some inside info, man. What would you see? What was it like? <laughs> I don't know, Eddie. I, w- I was just listening to the pod, your guys's podcast uh, yesterday evening, and it kind of sounds like your new space you guys have got. <laughs> no, it's, it's oh, like a closet. Cool. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean my space at Central Nine. Got it. At, yeah, Central Nine there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, right. they kind of have the, the open concept, something like you would see at a Google um, where everybody's right. kind of in the big area. You have you can, We were able to kind of go through and see the engineers and see the big wall of uh, where all the users were at at that moment. Um, oh, that's of awesome. Course, you've got a glass wall looking out at the mountains. So not too shabby workspace there to be working in. My, my view right now is uh, cinder blocks in every direction. You're in a closet. Eddie's in a closet. I'm in my office <laughs> in, a, in an elementary school um, where it is an internal room. Let's just say if there's a tornado, I am very, very safe. Yeah. Marcus's favorite question is, How's the weather outside? There you go. <laughs> Somebody tell hey, me. I'm, I'm excited. They just painted our walls this week. So I went from uh, kind of a ugly yellow to now gray. So, but it's a fresh gray. So <laughs> I've got something new to look at. <laughs> <laughs> now, Kyle, we've talked to Marcus and I have kind of been talking about like NQ and that group as a whole. Um, now we know there are some other States out there and we'd really like to shout out Aaron Ferguson, who has given us a shout out at the SoCal canvas user meeting. So yay for us. Um, and yay for him. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, we thank you. Also. Yeah, for sure. Um, we're so grateful when people do that, but is this something that happens in other States or, um, did you guys, did you guys start NQ? Like how did this all happen? How did you make this a thing? I think really it just kind of came up organically, um, as we started down our path with with Canvas, and we started talking with our CSMs. Um, a lot of times, um, actually, just getting to know some of the people there, they were instrumental in getting us off the ground that first year. Like I said, we were three LMSs in three years, and so uh, and started in June and had to have everybody up by August. And they were great in helping us get set up. And a lot of times. Like Adam Pitcher was great coming out and uh, sharing with us kind of here's some basics. And then he would go back and share when he would talk with other districts, say, hey, you connect with Kyle. Uh, he's doing some really cool things with the the media recording with the young kids. And and then when I would have a question, say, hey, you know, what? you should go talk with uh, Megan Tolan or you should go talk with um, some uh, uh, Tim Arnold. Uh, and and talk about what they're doing at their uh, K-12 district. And so it kind of, through talking with our CSMs, it kind of started our own little network. And from there, we just kind of said, well, let's cut out the middleman and uh, let's just start meeting (laughs) ourselves. And then we're like, well, let's not cut out the middleman. Let's invite the middleman to the table. And so uh, a lot of times we'll invite uh, canvas reps to come to our meetings as well. And just to kind of get the inside scoop or, Hey, what are you, what do you know about this? And, uh, so it's just kind of gone to two, we meet two or three times the school year, um, and try to stay central Indiana. And even from the central Indiana group, we've kind of, we've got a couple of offshoots. Like I know there's one out on West, Western Indiana out there kind of by Terre Haute area and, and uh, Greenfield and, um, 
but it's just kind of, it's one thing to kind of look online on Twitter or in the cannabis community, but it's another to be able to get together and just kind of hash things out and see examples face to face. And I think we appreciate that. Marcus and I definitely appreciate that. We've talked a lot about what it's like to have really close knit like PLCs and these groups that come together and, and this this network of people that you can kind of rely on. And just the communication alone is is phenomenal and fantastic. So we really appreciate like all the work that you guys are doing on that. Definitely echo what Eddie's saying. And and I, I, I love what what Kyle, what you're saying about, you know, the the value of the face-to-face uh, meetings as well, because folks that do this, um, you know, if you're a classroom teacher who's just maybe more techie than others, if you're a, an instructional coach or a tech integration specialist, whatever your role is, technology is difficult to be sort of in the know on all the time because it's constantly changing. And so I could dedicate a lot of time to digging through all of the Canvas community content and and really studying up Um, for me as a sort of a new uh, attendee, a new member of, of the Indiana group. For me, it was like this is the most efficient way to to get the sort of the most pressing information about uh, the LMS. And the, the, the best part is you know, get to see people in real life, you know, um, all the people that we've networked with on Twitter and things like that and email. Now we get to meet these people in person and have conversations. So, uh, we really enjoyed it. And, and, you know, for, for my two cents, uh, at that meeting last week, uh, or I guess it was the beginning of this week, we had talked, Eddie and I had talked about, uh, in episode six, we were talking about our own big three, you know, our, our big, uh, favorite elements of, of the, of, of canvas. And, and I had mentioned that I really, really think that generally canvas is underused as a communication platform. And, and I talked about how important that has been for, for me and my role. And then sure enough, we're sitting there, uh, at the NQ meeting and we're talking about what's the best way to communicate. How can we keep this group together and informed and in the know and then bring other people into the, into the fold. And sure enough, what ends up happening? Boom. We've got a canvas class created for NQ and we're using the thing uh, that we're so passionate about. So I was really, I was excited about that happening and I'm really excited about how it's going to hopefully improve just the overall, the group in general and bring people in. Yeah, definitely. And that's one of our big goals is, is like you said, is to bring more into the fold or, or to kind of multiply. Um, because I, th- I think we are better together. And uh, whether it be through the Canvas community or through a Google group, whatever it may be, um, the more we can learn from one another. Like I've gotten a lot from Chrissy Steffen when she was at, at Noblesville Community Schools. Um, like we had wanted to create some PD courses for our teachers. And I knew that she had already created some for their district. And so I called her up and said, Hey, and when we got together, I'm like, Hey, do you mind if I steal one of those courses as a template for our own? And she was more than happy to share with us. And, uh, so anytime that we can get together and just a lot of times just seeing it versus just hearing about it has been great. And so it's been one of our times we always try to give kind of a showcase part of our, our day together where districts can say, showcase, hey, this is kind of some of the cool things we're doing with Canvas in our district. 
As everybody knows, Eddie and I love giving some Twitter shout outs to our Canvas fam. Starting off with a couple of friends from Indiana, Seth Slater at Mr. Seth Slater, Nadine Gilkinson at Nadine Gilkinson, Lauren Richardson at Richardson underscore EDU from Ohio, Mandy Bush at Mandy Bush DLC from Texas. And then we've got a couple of extra special shout outs this afternoon. Uh, first off is Sky the Spirit at Sky V King from Florida. Now Sky has done something pretty amazing for us. Uh, if you check out the Canvas community page, uh, you'll be able to check out some episode recaps in a blog there. So check that out. Uh, thank you Sky for all the support so far. Big shout out to Amanda Kate out in Utah. Uh, we got the chance to bro down a little bit at the Hoosier Educational Computer Coordinators Conference in Indianapolis recently. It was great to see you. Great to network. Look forward to seeing you soon. Everybody keep up the great work with Canvas. Keep talking and communicating and sharing and liking and retweeting uh, with each other as well as us, the Canvas casters. Uh, we've got some upcoming promotions that we're going to uh, be looking at soon. We have swag and there is some swag coming at you soon. So be listening for more details. We really need a better name for the next segment. Uh, but we, uh, we call it the big three at this point. Uh, again, we're hoping for something to kind of come out naturally. But right now we're calling it the Canvas Big Three. What are some things, Kyle, that, that you enjoy about Canvas and its usage uh, kind of on the daily that you go to? These are like your three go-to items. I would probably say my first one and probably the the biggest the one, the biggest impact I see in our K-12 at Zionsville is the Canvas Media Recorder. We have, and, it, and it's it's getting some of our users that typically would be gun shy to use an LMS to use it daily. And our um, fine arts departments are using the Media Recorder all the time. So in our middle schools, our orchestra teacher, they'll go in and all the assessments are done where the kids are taking their violin and playing in front of their laptops and recording it. And so then he can go back and then give that same authentic feedback in the speed grader, whether it be typing it out or just using that media recorder himself and demonstrating, Hey, the finger position, uh, when you played last time was a little off, make sure you do this. And even at our elementary levels, I, I, I still remember learning how to play the recorder in fourth grade and how fourth grade uh, music teachers are able to do that is beyond me what they get out of them in a year. But I had one of my fourth grade music teachers saying, you, you just gave me back a semester of instruction because when typically at the elementary level, they have to pull the kids out one at a time to listen to them in the hallway. And right. when you see, when you see that class once a week, typically that, that takes a little bit of time. And now those kids could do it at home on their own. They could practice it and, do it till they get get it right. I mean, and one of the things in Scienceville is mastery learning, and we're standards-based recording there as well. And so seeing it in the, the fine arts department, our phys, our, I mean, our, uh, some of our um, speech pathologists have started using it to, so that they could have the kids practice watching themselves speak uh, using the media recorder and outside of the limited time that they have with them. That's even beyond the, the gen ed classroom that's able to allow students to uh, share their thoughts using video. Our, we just had an E-Day last week, K 
four. And it was cool to see some of our kindergartners responding. There's no way that they would be able to type out a response, but being teaching them how to use the media recording, they could explain their thought processes uh, by recording in thin canvas. And then they could share that in a class discussion with everyone in class. That's my top one. You say um, media and my ears pin way back. Right. So <laughs> Eddie's listening. He's got, he, Eddie's got goosebumps. <laughs> right. And I've just, we haven't spent a whole lot of time on it. Now I need to. So it's on my <laughs> list. <laughs> uh, Kyle, I want to piggyback on that. You were talking about, you know, your, your uh, fine arts uh, classes and, and orchestra and band. And I love that. And, um, it, and it, the exact same scenario that you described, uh, I saw that same thing with world languages, um, not only Definitely. Spanish and French, but also um, uh, our ASL, our American Sign Language, same deal. Using that same media recording, all of a sudden it completely transformed the class because I remember being in high school and going out into the hallway with with Senora Davidson and she, and she would have to do the thing where we do the sort of the oral quiz in the hallway while the kids in the classroom are hanging from the rafters. And exactly. uh, when I showed world language teachers the media recording in Canvas, they said the same thing that Kyle was describing. Like, you just changed my entire approach for the yep. better. And I think that that's a great transformative uh, application uh, right there. It's just so great. So I'm so glad you said that. Well, and when we're looking for data to be able to compare and show that mastery, uh, it's when you're pulling them out in the hallway, you're typically not recording it. You're just listening it and marking it down. Now you have that recording that you can then show progress of where they were at in the fall all the way to the time when in the spring and show that progress over the school year, whether it be the world languages or an elementary class just practicing their uh, reading fluency. This one is probably more for the tech integration side. Uh, the Canvas guides are awesome. And used to always try to create my own little quick help guides and type out my directions or do videos. I've, it came to the epiphany of why am I working so hard when Canvas has done all the work for me? And uh, they have really done a good job. And I know a lot of our teachers, their schedules are so busy for them to be able to take the time to go through the guides. But a lot of times when they're like, hey, I can't figure out how to create a uh, stimulus question in the new quizzes. And I'll just go to the guide, stimulus question, search it, comes up. And then I just send the link to the teacher because they're well-written directions with pictures because our teachers love pictures and step-by-step uh, -step mm -hmm. instructions for everything, whether you're an instructor, our, our parents having observer accounts, uh, student accounts, they have it written at whatever role you have at Canvas. And I can send those directions to them very quickly. I think one of you mentioned earlier about, you know, the fact that technology is always changing. Well, Canvas is always changing too. And right. within a year or two, my directions are going to need to be uh, updated anyways. Why not let Canvas update them for me? And then <laughs> it's because their guides are always going to be the most up-to-date guides. Marcus and I had this conversation a couple, it was probably a month ago about, I, I've got a, I got a, I got a few teachers that are really, um, I would consider kind of old school and they come out of industry where they're used to using manuals to figure things out. And this just never dawned on me before. And I trying to break through to those teachers on how to get things set up and how to get things started. And I've always just made videos and created documentation and tried to share that virtually and digitally with them, tried to model 
for them on some of the stuff they should be using. But then you know what? I just like I had an epiphany and I was like, I'm just going to print some of these guides out, put them in a book and hand it to him like a manual. Like here is your manual. I know there's going to be a lot of opinions out there that says, well, that, you know, it's but he needs to see it and on paper like he can't he doesn't want to see it on a computer. He wants to see it on paper. So um, that was kind of my moment of, oh, you know what? Not everybody learns the same. Not everybody learns the way I'd like them to learn. So I'm going to try a little harder this year and create these printed manuals for a few of our teachers. So hopefully it works out. Yeah. It's great also for those first year teachers that, I mean, we have them three days before the start of school and HR has got them really for two and a half of those days. And so (laughs) I've I've got them for basically a half day that I'm supposed to teach them everything they need to know tech related for our district. And it's like just putting them in front of a fire hose. And I (laughs) I always start with them like, you know what? You're going to leave here just completely drained mentally. And that's okay. And know that Carly and I are here to meet with you when you're ready for it. But in the meantime, if we're not in the building at the time, let me show you where the Canvas guides are. And if you just type in this search box, what you're wanting to figure out, class discussions, type it up. It's going to have step-by-step direction on anything you would want to possibly want to know about a class discussion or the new quizzes. And it'll pull up all that. And then if you have questions, give me a call. We'll come down, sit down together. We'll plan a lesson together. I'll come in and model something for you. Uh, it's just It's been a great tool for those new teachers as well. So number three, I've kind of stewed over. Um, but I think it's one that it has the potential to being the top number one on my list. But right now we're at number three, and that's new quizzes. And I know Megan talked about this a little bit as well when you guys chatted with her. Is It's still got a few bugs in it. The potential is awesome in new quizzes. Just the type of questions that we will have access to and the analytics is going to be really awesome when it's, it's flushed out completely. Um, when I show it to our teachers, they're super excited um, to be able to drag and drop uh, in categories, uh, being able to, to put them in order and do sequencing with our kids. Hot spot questions are very cool, and I can see a lot of potential with those as well. Every time I show it to a lot of our teachers, they're like, this is just like what they're going to see on the standardized tests. And I'm like, yes. And it's one of those things that you know we don't teach to the test. But there is something to be said about teaching this, the skills that they're going to need to complete the test, uh, whether it be uh, dragging and dropping, uh, being able to, to record or, or whatever they're going to need to do. And the new quizzes that Canvas is developing uh, does a lot of that, which I'm really excited about. I, I am super excited. And I've mentioned this before. I feel like I'm a broken record, but they really do uh, listen to the users and they really do. That's why the com- Canvas community is so important and you can put in feature requests and, and they do listen to them and they you can vote them up or vote them down. And they've been taking a lot of feedback about the new quizzes. And uh, like right now, one of the, the issues is that some of them, it's all or nothing for like if I do a category question and I have one out of out of the have one of my responses in the wrong box, it counts it as zero. And so they're it's like, we don't want all or nothing. We want to be able to do partial credit. So they're working right now to get that result so they can do partial credit. Um, it's just got a lot of great features. It's got a lot of potential, I should say. And so uh, once they get that completely developed, I think it, it's going to be hard to beat. I'm excited about that too. And I haven't messed with uh, messed with it, but I remember attending one of Kyle's uh, sessions recently this past summer where he talked about 
sort of the potential that was there. And I remember sitting there thinking, this is going to be so awesome when it's developed. And I know that that was, you know, that was early and, and we're still sort of in that process. But again, like Kyle said, um, it speaks to the, the approach, getting the feedback and then utilizing that and implementing that. And as Kyle was talking, I was thinking to myself, I'm glad I'm not the person that's got to code that. Like, I'm glad I, I would never be able to do it, but like to be able to field those questions and then be able to design it and build it is, is an amazing undertaking. But it just, again, it speaks to to Canvas and their willingness to sort of let the users that are in the trenches have a hand in in the design and, and the the needs uh, for for kids, which is really cool. Definitely. Now, Kyle, you, uh, you you've talked uh, numerous occasions uh, during our chat here about you know the community and, and and people working together. So we want to transition into another element that we always include in the podcast, which is you know, who are your people to follow on social media? Who are the people that you recommend that listeners follow uh, to get amazing ideas and content uh, about anything? But if you've got folks that are particularly strong with Canvas, we'd love to hear about those folks. You mean other than you two? Hey, easy. <laughs> We've not, we're not giving you that shirt, Kyle. We're, <laughs> we're trying to help people, Kyle. Come on. Uh, <laughs> I mean, really? Shameless. There you go. The ones that I <laughs> typically follow are a lot of the canvassadors. Uh, Megan Tolan is one that she she pops up on my feed all the time. And Jenna Eastman and Amy Everhart is uh, all canvassadors. Uh, Kona Jones, I she's if you go to any place on the community, you're going to see Kona's uh, voice on there. And she's one that I always go to. As a matter of fact, I was just... Um, uh, messaging her this week about some issues that I was having and, and Hey, how do you deal with this? And sh- she's quick to respond to any questions that I have. Uh, so really I follow a lot of the, the, our own homegrown canvas users here in the state. And, uh, just because I, th- I think, especially when you're in the same state and you have the same kind of requirements from the, um, Indiana department of education, it, it's great to kind of see we're on the same path. Um, and, and so it, it's, it's, that's kind of my go-to, some of the people that I follow. Fantastic. Kyle, how can people get a hold of you? Where is the best place? What's the best place to interact with, with Kyle? Probably Twitter. That's going to be uh, where I post a lot of the things that are going on in Zionsville as far as ideas that our teachers are using, whether it be with Canvas or uh, we're one of the few Microsoft districts, but they've got a lot of cool things going on as well, uh, even integrating within Canvas. So uh, KBIME4 at Twitter is always a good place to get in touch with me. It's a good idea to spell that for our listeners because I still, I'm not going to lie to you, Kyle, I, I struggle with the last name there. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, when you grow up with a long German name, you're, you're used to, it's been butchered so many different ways. It doesn't face me <laughs> right. <all> anymore, <laughs> but it's, it's just K B E I M F O H R. Awesome. Well, th- Hey, we greatly appreciate you being a guest on this podcast. I appreciate you guys inviting me and, and I've enjoyed listening to the first few episodes and look forward to kind of seeing where this goes. He's too nice. He's, he's way too nice, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling I'm, I'm you, we to... have fooled so many people nice <laughs> nice guy kyle comes in here he's trying to schmooze us up he knows we got t-shirts and all kinds of other stuff 
<laughs> well, it's not you guys. You realize like we're less than a month away from uh, Christmas, and I'm trying to impress Santa. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> got to get on this the this You got to get on the good list. <laughs> it's a, it's a long it's a long play. It's a it's the <laughs> canvas swag is a great Christmas gift, by the way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm I'm gonna say it. It's a calculated move on Kyle's part. <laughs> Always. <laughs> and as usual, we don't work for Canvas. Canvas works for us. 